I was 18. I was in my church that I grew up in, in a large back room, by myself, large tables, furiously taking notes, waiting for about 20 people to show up. Only two showed up. You see, several weeks earlier, my youth pastor had called me and said, hey, Nick, you've been reading any good books? I said, well, I just read one called Weird by Craig Rochelle, and it just challenged us to be weird to the culture around us as Christians. He said, great, well, why don't you lead a summer book study? And I was hesitant. He was persuasive, and so I agreed to it. Again, that first week, I had 20-plus people show up, many of whom were decades older than I was. And by poor responsibility and leadership and the slow trickle of attrition, it was one week where only two people showed up, and we never really recovered. My pride was hurt. I had to swallow a tough pill that day and many of those weeks. But I learned something. I learned two things that, one, I could have responsibility within the church. And secondly, though, that this church body that I was at currently was still a training ground for me, and I had a lot to learn. What I want to do with you in just a few minutes this morning before Pastor Eric comes on is just share from Scripture about that twofold reality before us as a church today. For you kids and teens in here, and for all of you who aren't kids or teens, that this church body, this place here, is a training ground where we can give away responsibility. But for you kids and teens too, as you are within your training ground, your conduct still matters. You're not let off the hook. Turn with me in 1 Timothy to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 is where we're going to be spending some time this morning. Again, it's 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 12. 1 Timothy 4, 12. We're going to read through verse 16, and I'll unpack the first verse, and Eric will unpack the rest. Read along with me. 1 Timothy 4, 12 says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. This is the Word of God. Again, let me remind you of the context here. Paul writing to Timothy, who has recently taken up leadership at the church in Ephesus, and Timothy's Paul's understudy, and Paul's writing him an encouraging letter as to how the Christians are to conduct themselves in the church gathering. And so here Paul is telling Timothy, who was probably in his 20s, and his age really isn't the sole factor or or emphasis here. Uh, He's a younger guy, though, and, and basically there are a lot of people in the church probably who are older than him. And so Paul is encouraging him, saying, don't let your youth get in the way. Don't let your youth get in the way. 
I want to speak first, as I unpack verse 12, to my kids and teens here. So you kids and teens, this verse saying, do not let anyone look down on you or despise your youth, is more about you than it is about the adults in this room. Here's what it says, and here's my question for you as we read this scripture and study it this morning. Here's what Paul says. Set an example in speech. How's your speech, teens, kids? Are you loving and kind or or spiteful and hateful? Are people encouraged by your words or hurt and damaged by them? How's your conduct? How do you conduct yourselves here in this gathering and at home with your family? How's your love? Do you love your family? Do you love this church body? Do you love others well? How's your faith? Are you a faithful person to God and to others? Or are you a flake? And how's your purity? How are you doing when it comes to pursuing God with everything you have in life? Again, this place is a training ground for you kids and teens, but that doesn't let you off the hook. We don't want to despise your youth because of the way that you conduct yourselves. How's your speech? How's your love? How's your conduct? Be thinking of those things and ask, am I a good representative of Jesus Christ? And for all of you non-kids and teens here, I want you to remember that this is indeed a training ground. That we are not to look down upon our youth and our kids and say that they are the church of the future when they do have some opportunity and responsibility here and now. Our kids are part of this church body here and now, not just in the future. And so our opportunity and responsibility is to train them up in the ways of the Lord to train them up in a way to where they can, in speech, in conduct, in faith, and in love, and in purity, be pleasing before God. How are we doing on that? How's our teaching? Are we teaching sound doctrine? Right? Things, things in life are often taught and caught. It matters what we teach, but it also matters how we conduct ourselves here in this church body and in our families. I was just telling some teens yesterday what, what is taught is important, but also a lot of life is caught, meaning that the way you do life in this church body and in your families is absorbed, and you don't even have to teach that. Each church, each family is a culture, and the power of culture is that it's invisible to you. So my question for all of you adults here in this room, those of you that aren't kids and teens, what are you teaching, and what is being caught by you? Are we raising our kids up to be good, thriving American citizens, to win the rat race and retire early? Are we training them to be Jesus freaks who live for a different kingdom and live for a different king? I pray that we would consider that as we go forth, because this morning is a joyous occasion. It's an opportunity for us to say, by God's grace, we've moved some kids from one grade to the next, and now some are even graduating out to go and do life out on their own. I pray that we would celebrate that, but we would also remember that the responsibility is there all along the way. If I could quote Spider-Man, with great power, and we do have great power, 
We have the Holy Spirit within us, within this church body. With great power comes great responsibility. May we never forget that as we love our kids well today. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Pastor Eric now. Thank you, Pastor. So kids, we're talking about this passage where Paul is instructing a young man who's in charge of a lot of older people. Kids, do you ever get like intimidated by older people? by taller people. I, I get intimidated by tall people all the time. Um, you know, teens out there, do you ever get uh, intimidated? You know, well, Paul's talking about this, and he says something really interesting. He says in verse 13, until I come, devote yourself to a few things. All right, kids, raise your hand if you, when your parents leave the house, you have a babysitter. Okay, anyone here have a babysitter? All right, wow, we got some young trusted kids out there. Uh, How about some older kids? How many of you out there are trusted and your parents will leave you at home for a little while by yourself? You know, going all the way up to youth. All right. Adults, anyone out there? Husbands, I noticed some wives won't leave you alone. Okay. Um, So here's the thing. You know, kids, now my, my last question for you. How many of you look forward to the day when you can stay home alone? Any, anyone? Yeah, <laughs> that's right, yeah. But you know, when you stay home alone, there, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. I remember I was always looking forward to the time when I could stay home alone, and then the day came, and my mom's like, all right, I'm going to be leaving. I got to go to the store for a few minutes. And I was like, yes. And she said, and here's a list of things I need you to do. Oh, man. I thought I was just going like, to watch TV all day and play video games. But my mom said, you can do some of that, but you need to take out the recycling, take out the garbage. There's a few responsibilities that I had. Well, Paul here is explaining to Timothy, he's like, hey, you're young, you're in charge, but you have some responsibilities. And he says, I need you to make sure you're doing two things until I come back. Do you guys want to know what those two things are? I heard a no, but what? we're going to hear it anyways. All right. The first thing he says, until I come, I want you to devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. He said, I want you to be in God's word. So kids, our first responsibility is we need to always be in God's word because that's how we get to know God. That's how we learn more about him. And you know what, kids? It's not just you, adults. It's for us too. We have this priority until Jesus returns that we're always in his word, reading it, learning more about him. We got to be in God's word daily, all right? And then he says the second thing, do not neglect the gift you um, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. All right, so he said, the first thing is to be in God's word. The second thing is not neglect the gift, but to practice the gift. Now, I brought a gift up on stage, kids. You see this? Does anyone think they know what this is? What do you think it is? A suitcase. Would you guys like to know what's in it? Okay, let's see what's in it. This was a very special gift given to me by my parents when I was in junior high. And it is, ready? A trumpet. Okay. Now, my parents gave me this trumpet as a gift. 
But kids, do you think that my parents gave this trumpet to me so that I could walk around school and be like, hey guys, look, I got a trumpet. Pretty cool, right? Is that why they gave it to me? No, no. They definitely did not spend the money on this trumpet so I could walk around school and say, hey, I got a really cool trumpet. Look how shiny it is. All right. They gave me this trumpet because I was practicing and I was playing and they knew that that trumpet could make music that could bring joy to other people. But boys and girls, what did I have to do with that gift? I had to practice it, right? I had to use it. And let me tell you, the first few times I practiced it, it was not the best sound, okay? It's kind of sound like a horse and a semi-truck, all right? But I practiced it, and I used it, and I kept using it. And do you know where I used it the most, actually? It was at church. I played at school, but I would also use that gift at church, and I would play on Sunday mornings sometimes, and I was able to use that gift. My parents didn't give me a gift just so that I could put it in my room and say, hey guys, I got a cool trumpet. They didn't give me a gift just so I could talk about it all the time. They gave me a gift to practice it and to use it. Boys and girls, teens, church family, God has given you gifts to serve others, to help others, but he says, don't just talk about it. Practice it and use it. And do those two things. And then he says this finally. He says uh, right there in verse 15, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them. Immerse yourself. Immerse yourself. What does that sound like? If you immerse yourself in something, what do you do? Well, typically, when I immerse myself in something, I go swimming. Anyone want to go swimming? Yeah. So I've got two pictures up here. All right. One with a very clean, uh, there's a very clean pitcher of water. And one, well, would you want to drink that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's why ki- illustrations are in kids' ministry. You never know what you're going to get. Paul says, Timothy, you need to read God's word. Practice using your gift. Immerse yourself in it. And so here, you're like a sponge, kids. In fact, all of us are like sponges. You two adults. We're all like sponges. And what we immerse ourselves in is what we pour ourselves into. Now, kids, if I put this sponge in the clear water, what's it going to fill up with? Clear water, right? And then I'm going to make a mess on the stage and we have to clean it up later, right? But if I immerse this in the dirty water, what's it going to be filled with? And I'm not going to do that because I don't want to clean up a mess. Yeah, I know you want me to do that. All right, but the idea is, boys and girls and adults and teens, is that you have a gift that God has given you to use to encourage others. And we are to immerse ourselves, to pour ourselves into using these gifts that God has given to us. But guess what? There's a lot of options out there of what we can immerse ourselves in, what we can pour ourselves into. And so, kids, you have to ask the question, what am I going to pour myself into? Am I going to use the gifts that God has given me to encourage others, to speak truth to others? To, we saw some of the teens using their gifts to lead others in worship. Are you going to pour yourself into growing and using those gifts? Or are you going to immerse yourself 
in other things. Other things that maybe they're a little dirty, maybe they're not beneficial, maybe they're not helpful. Adults, I think we have a lot to learn about that too. I think there's a lot of things out there distracting us. There's a lot of things that we'll immerse ourselves and pour our, our lives into that aren't according to the gifts that God has given to us, and we don't use them for him. So boys and girls, you're sponges. Practice the gifts that God has given you. Use them to help others and to serve others. And like Pastor Nick said, the church is a great place to use your gifts and to grow. So kids, teens, adults, can we, until Jesus returns, practice learning and reading God's word and using our gifts to serve others? Can we do that? What do you think? That's a little sketchy. Can we do that? I thought so. I was hoping. All right. Well, I want to pray together, and then after we pray, we have some special recognition that we want to have with the children. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we are so thankful that we can be here together this morning as a family celebrating your gift of children that you have blessed our church with. We're thankful for every child that is here. We are so grateful that you have given us gifts and you've given us your word so that we can know you. Help us to use them, to practice them, to pour our lives into using them to serve you and to serve others. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.